Welcome to On The Journey Conversations. I'm your host, Sandy Wisdom Martin. Today's episode is brought to you by the Christian Women's Leadership Center of Women's Missionary Union, where God's mission is our passion. Today, we welcome Ernest and Cecil Dagahoy. I met you about 14 years ago when I had moved to Texas, and it was a thrill to get to know you both. So I want the people listening today to hear your first person story. Can you tell us how missionaries influenced your family for faith in Christ? I was born and raised in the Philippines, and I'm proud to say that I'm a product of the American missionary movement who came to the Philippines in 1954 as part of a group of missionaries uh, sent by the uh, American Baptist Foreign Mission Society, especially to our region, Iloilo, Panay Island, to spread the gospel there. And I would like to believe that because of the influence of missionaries, the work that they did in that part of our, of our country laid the foundation for, for my parents. Uh, that was the reason why my parents came to faith in Christ. I grew up in a Christian home, and, and because of their Christian influence, I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior at a very early age. Cecil, your father is already a Christian and your mother comes to faith. Yes. Over the years, it was gradually happening. Mm, yes. And um, my, my, I know my dad was praying for that day. Yes. My mother would finally decide to do that. But I know my, my mom already... Um, gave her life to the Lord, but it, it was years after that she decided to follow him into the waters of baptism. Yes. And when she decided to do that, you know, he got a call from them and she, he was just so excited to, <laughs> to talk to Ernest. He said, he knew that we were going home for a vacation that yes. year. And, she, and he, uh -huh. so he told him, you know, um, your mama wants to be baptized and she wants you to baptize her. So that was, that was, that is, that was, that was wonderful. That was yeah. wonderful. That was, well, yeah. was wonderful, Sandy. That's yes. wonderful. Ernest, were you doing ministry in the Philippines? I was doing ministry in the Philippines. I, I graduated from the School of Theology at Central Philippine University, which was the university founded by American missionaries. So after I graduated from the school, I pursued my master's uh, education uh, in Manila and then came back to Central Philippine University because the, the university called me to be the university chaplain slash associate pastor. And I also taught at the School of Theology, College okay. of Theology. Okay. So you're doing ministry in mm -hmm. the Philippines. Mm -hmm. And Cecil, you are studying in the field of medicine. Correct. So tell me about that process. So um, ever since I could remember when people would ask me what I want to be when I grow up, I said I was going to be a doctor. My father was a doctor, so most probably that might have influenced it too. So um, that was what I pursued. Um, I did that and uh, went on to, to take my residency there in internal medicine in our hospital there, which happened to be founded as well by American missionaries. Mm -hmm. So you're ministering. You're a doctor in the Philippines. How did you get to the United States? That's an interesting story. Uh, I, I never dreamed of moving to the United States. Uh, uh, but uh, one day uh, I got a call from uh, one of the members of First Philippine Baptist Church. Here in Houston. Here in Houston. And interestingly, uh, many of the members 
were members of the church uh, where I pastored in the Philippines. Okay, and so they, they knew you. You had that relationship. Uh, we have that already. relationship, but I don't really know all of them well. So when when they were looking for a for a youth pastor slash associate pastor to help our senior pastor, who was uh, Reverend Denmark's reason then at that time, uh, my name was considered. And uh, they asked me to uh, to send a taped message of one of my sermons and send my resume. And uh, that, that started the process of them uh, calling me as uh, first their youth and associate pastor. And when our senior pastor left for California in 1997, the church asked me to take over as senior pastor. So I, I was at First Philippine Baptist Church as youth associate pastor from 1994 to 1997, and then from 1997 up to 2014, I was the senior pastor of the church. Well, I want to know, how did that conversation go in your house? You're a doctor in the Philippines, and you come home and say, Honey, I, I think God's calling me to the United States. That's right. And you can't practice medicine in the United States. No, not no. And you've prepared your whole life to be a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me how that conversation goes. Yes, uh, for me personally, it's easier because uh, the, the the calling uh, the calling is is clear. I was single when the church, when First oh, yeah. Philippine Baptist Church, uh, called me to be their youth and associate pastor. The chairman of the board of deacons said, "You know what? If you." If you leave for the States now uh, without you uh, getting married, it will be difficult for you to petition. It will take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So he said, I would strongly recommend. In fact, he said it, it, was, a, it was not maybe a plea. He was coercing us to, <laughs> <laughs> to, get, to get married. I didn't, I didn't know this part of the story. So yeah. you get a call to the United States. You're not even married yet. No. no. You're dating for 12 years. Mm -hmm. So yeah. who has cold feet? Which, that's a There's long a love story. story. There's a, a long story, story behind that. Yes, you know? yes. uh, it's, it's, uh -huh. it's just the culture, I think, too. Yeah. Okay. Might be the culture, too. Yes. You know, my, my family, it's, it's another story. But uh, it, uh -huh. my parents did not really um, acknowledge him mm -hmm. yeah. until... Until we were actually married, <laughs> but but he kept hanging around. So eventually no, they had no, this accept not, not, no. not without their knowledge. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So everybody knows from the, the deans of uh, the different colleges, from the president of the university, the president of the university our, everybody knows even, about our relationship. Even, even our, our parents, even our medical directors <laughs> in, in the hospital, they know. Everybody knows except our parents. You've spent your whole yes. career preparing to be a doctor. Uh -huh. You're not married to this man no, yet, no, no. and you and you get married yeah. and come. Yeah, yes. and I was and, and I was prepared. As you've said, I was really preparing. I was already. I knew yeah. what my subspecialty was, and I knew where it was. I knew what it was, and I was getting ready for that. Um, and then he said, um, "The church in the United States has called me." My my first, this is what I said. Of course, I did not mean it, but I said, "You go ahead." You know? <laughs> you know, you I think ahead. I would have had a similar you know, response. You know, you, I, I didn't right. want I didn't want to hold him back. So I said, yeah. "You go ahead." You know, of That's course, right. I did not believe that <laughs> that really in my my mm -hmm. heart. But you know, I was just like, "Whew, this mm -hmm. is hard," and we still had to navigate my parents. Yes. We still had to do that. That in itself was a big step of 
big a step of faith. faith. Really. So now you you not only have to tell your parents that yes. you're going to marry this man, yes. you have to tell your parents you're going to move to the United yes. States. Yes. I can't imagine that went well. Right. Oh, no, it did not. Yeah. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not at and it all. was a major transition for both of us because, of course, we were already uh, deeply rooted in the university. We, uh, I worked there as a university chaplain. And, of course, uh, our friends are there. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my parents are there. Uh, and, and Cecil's parents are there. And it was a major transition for us to uh, leave everything. Uh, everything behind, so to speak, yeah. and follow God's call. Yeah, I think the greater sacrifice uh, is on Cecil's part. Yes. Uh, because her friends, uh, even after a year when, when we moved here, and then when we, when we would visit the Philippines and your friends uh, still, still ask you, so have you not regretted yeah. your decision yeah. to so that, that give was... up your... Because she gave up her medical practice. So um, yeah, I was already I was already starting yes. my practice at that time uh, in mm-hmm. preparation for my subspecialty training. Mm-hmm. So um, that was yeah I, that was a big uh, leap of faith, and I asked for a lot of prayers from mm-hmm. from friends, you know, because I I was just I was so troubled. I did not know what to do. You know, I was I wasn't ready to <laughs> to give up. You know, and then. Um, one friend, a very discerning, wise friend, just mm-hmm. told me, you know, stop wrestling, Cecil. Just say yes. Just say yes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you, you, you have been taught to analyze all your life. Mm-hmm. And then here comes this, mm-hmm. this proposition that tells you just step out in faith, but you don't see anything there. That's right. Yeah. You don't see anything. Mm-hmm. But then I said, okay, okay, Lord, I will take this step. Yeah. Please be there when I take that step. That's right. And, you know, uh, I, I, I would like to tell you that everything changed from my parents and everything. They, they embraced him. And no, none of those. And I would like to tell you that everything just was clear that I was going to do this. None of those. None of those. What I had when I say yes was just a peace. That's why I know that the peace of God that passes all understanding is real because I've experienced it myself. I didn't see that step. I didn't see that path. But what I had was a wonderful, stable, sustaining peace that I had. And I can tell you, never look back, never regretted. No, I did not have any idea what the role of a pastor's wife is. None. My friend Gordon Fort of the International Mission Board says, you put your yes on the table to God mm-hmm. and you let God put it on your ma- on the map. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. So you put your you, you just lay it down on the table and say, God, yes, mm-hmm. wherever, yes. Mm-hmm. And then you put it on the map, Lord. You show me where to go. But mm-hmm. saying that and doing that are mm-hmm. two different things. Mm-hmm. And you did that. And I love that God has confirmed in your heart, mm-hmm. never look back, mm-hmm. keep going forward. What was the hardest thing about coming here for either of you? What was the hardest? Everything was so hard. Everything was just so hard before I said the yes. But after the yes, yeah. you know, really, after the yes, for, for example, for me, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for example, budgeting, I did not have any experience budgeting or anything like that. 
you know, I just spent whatever my dad gave me. <laughs> I'm going to guess a pastor's salary may be different no. than a doctor's no. salary. No. Uh, yeah, it so, may be a little bit different. And we were operating on, on just and one we budget. We were operating yes. on, on, on a salary of a single youth pastor at the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so... The Lord <laughs> never failed us. You know, let, let me tell you, I knew how to budget the very first day. I'm not kidding. Okay. <laughs> I did, so... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I, I knew that was that wasn't me. It, it was the Lord's. I did not know how to cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we we so well, well. We struggled a little bit with that for a while. Yeah. And um, it's funny, you know, Filipinos. We love to bring food to church, right? And we love Absolutely. to share food. Mm-hmm. We would always have. We call it the pot share. Mm-hmm. And then every time we have pot shares, they send out a list for people to to yeah. to write down what they yeah. what they want to bring. Ernest would always put soda. <laughs> <laughs> but then, so then a few months after that, it progressed to rice. Progressed to rice. <laughs> it was getting better. <laughs> and then one of, one yeah. of the one of the elders yeah. in church said, "Says that you always love your husband so much." He yeah. said, "Yes, but why did you say that?" He said, "You you um you." Uh, you, treat him. you treat him like a god. I said, Ooh. what do you mean? You give him burnt sacrifices? Burnt offerings. <laughs> burnt offerings. And I never complained. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, she should go home to the Philippines. <laughs> well, Ernest, no. what, what was hard for you coming here? You know, you, you must have a lot of pressure on you because you know God has called you. Mm-hmm. And yet you're bringing your bride. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not just the calling on your life. You're mm-hmm. now responsible for somebody yeah. else yes yes so what was hard for you <laughs> everything was new uh, uh, for for both of us of course we were uh, newlyweds you know I cannot recall a, a particular difficult 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 uh, event that made me say you know what I think this is not uh, the calling for me I was asked to handle our youth ministry in the church and you would always think that young people here in the United States are maybe uh, more difficult than, than the young people in, in, in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. But surprisingly, they were, they were trained well by their parents, by their Filipino parents. They were Filipino-Americans, second-generation Filipino-Americans. The way that they uh, uh, treat their parents, the way that they uh, uh, treat their elders, they were just wonderful they young people, wonderful very young responsible. People. They were I, raised up very well. They were raised we didn't, up well. we didn't really yeah. have uh-huh. a lot. I, and I believe that was the Lord's, um, if I may. Yeah. Uh, I think what was difficult for him was actually thinking of me. And I had to assure him repeatedly that I did not make a mistake. This is, I, I'm, I don't have any regrets. That's this is true. exactly where I am. Yeah. You know, don't, don't worry about me. You know, yeah. don't worry about. I will let you know. <laughs> because you know, if I but, if I knew that she was traveling the fence a little bit, that will maybe that affects my ministry. Yeah. But she became a ministry partner, Sandy. Uh, she helps in the church office, and of course, she directs the choir. She she sings, and uh, we were doing ministry uh, in tandem as far as the youth ministry is concerned. So she was always there. She she was so invested. In the lives of the young people, and it's, it's, it's really uh, uh, 
worth the time to just recall that the, the kids uh, that we, we were taking care of uh, when they were growing up are now adults parents, themselves. adults, and they have parents kids of their own. Yeah. And, and I, I can just see how responsible they yeah. are. It swarms, it just swarms our hearts. Yeah. It's worth it. And you had, a, you had a part in that. Isn't it amazing that God allows us to have a part of the work of his kingdom? What the outside world would think would be crazy, God turns it to an amazing blessing in our lives. That's just, that's just an incredible, incredible testimony. We're, just so those that are listening know, we're all wearing masks because of COVID. When you came in the door... You couldn't see my huge smile, but whenever I see the two of you, my heart lights up because you are such positive influencers, such wonderful ambassadors for the kingdom. Thank you. What is at your core that that makes your light shine so bright? It's it's uh, it's the love of of Christ in me. Uh, I would not be here if not for for his love for me, uh, for his gift of salvation. And if you really connect the dots, uh, nothing happens in a vacuum. Uh, from those missionaries who went to the Philippines and they, they proclaimed the gospel and my parents uh, received uh, that gospel proclamation, they became believers. So I grew up in a, in a home uh, that valued that, that, that heritage. And I came to know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior as well. So uh, I, I would like to believe that I am who I am right now because uh, I am standing on the shoulders of those who have gone ahead of me. And I would like, I would like to thank the Lord for, for the opportunity just to, to serve Him. Yes. In fact, if I, would, if I am to retrace my life uh, uh, maybe one more time, I would always tell people I would still end up being here in this in this place of ministry. Uh, I'm not fully there yet as far as my the refine refineness of my relationship with Jesus Christ is concerned, but I that's where I'm coming from. I just I'm just grateful to him. I love him for for saving me, for loving me. And the least that I can do is to serve him well. Uh, and that's that's where I'm coming from right now. For me, when I was in the Philippines, um, I loved being a doctor. I just mm -hmm. just loved everything about it. Mm -hmm. So I would put every everything into it. You know, those 24-hour shifts, 48-hour shifts. It's, it's nothing to me. I enjoyed all of those. Um, and I could not imagine when I came here and mm -hmm. the the Lord gave me this role. I could not imagine not being where I am right now. And I'm just so grateful, mm -hmm. so grateful that the Lord, He made me and He knew me, He knows me. And in, in that knowing in me, He has called me and He's brought me into something that He knew would give me such joy in doing. And that is serving Him. And just the privilege, mm -hmm of doing that, just the privilege of declaring mm -hmm. Him, just the privilege of serving Him, just the privilege of investing, of in, in, investing the in the of lives of other people. Yes. Ah. And um, I was just talking, we have like an adopted 
foster son in our house right now. And you know, we were having lunch earlier today. And I was talking to him about investing in another person's life. And I reminded him, if you lead a person to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, one thing that you have to make sure is that person grows as well in their walk in the Lord. Mm -hmm. If the Lord calls you to do that, invest your life into that person. Mm -hmm. That's such a beautiful thing. You see a life that blooms and there is nothing mm -hmm. like it. One, one person at a time. Yeah. And Cecil and I are doing that, Sandy. We have been doing this one-on-one -on -one discipleship because uh, we, we believe uh, deep in our hearts that, of course, we can grow a church. There's the role of evangelism. In, but if we want uh, uh, sustainable, deep growth in, in, a, in a believer's life, mm -hmm. we are convinced that it's through one-on-one -on -one discipleship. And uh, we, we have the joy of discipling one-on-one. Uh, -on -one. What would you say to someone who may be on the fence today? God is asking them to do something mm -hmm that people that look at them would think that is insane and they're on the fence. It's, it's hard to say a big yes to God, uh, uh, but that's, that's the first step that you have to, uh, to make. A friend of mine said, you know, you say big yes to God to follow that up with small yeses. Uh, so that major decision has to be there and once you allow God to, uh, to take care of the rest for you, I believe that the journey will be worth. So uh, surrender to, to the Lord's will, surrender to the Lord, Lord's purpose. That's, that's where it begins. And let the Lord just do the rest for you. I, I loved what you said, Cecil, about mm -hmm. everything was wrong until I said yes. And then I had this amazing <laughs> peace. What would, what would you say to them if they're on the fence? I can, I can only speak from my, from my own experience. Mm -hmm. and that, and that is to encourage them to just take that step. It um, could be the all-important yeah. step that you That's can take. Right. Just, just take it. Take that step. Just take it. Um, you cannot afford not to. Amen. Amen. You know, you okay. don't you don't want yeah. to to think at the end of the day. Yeah. Oof! What did I just miss? That's right. Ah, that is. I think that could be just the saddest feeling. Mm -hmm. You know, just just take it. Take that step. Just take that step. A friend of mine quoted another friend saying when they were getting ready to be missionaries in Japan that. They did it because of predetermined obedience. That no matter where oh, God it. asked them to go, I they it. had set their hearts to right. predetermined yeah. obedience. I love, obedience. I love it. Right. I, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. Th that's where we are actually, Sandy. Uh, wherever the Lord brings us. In fact, uh, ten years ago or fifteen years ago, uh, going back to the Philippines uh, is is not even the conversation. But we have this strong, strong feeling as, as the years passed that the Lord might be sending us back to the Philippines. And if he sends us back there, we are ready. Predetermined. Obedience. Predetermined yeah. obedience. We that, will that, go anywhere. Yes. That, that wasn't there 
Uh-huh. I, I would like to tell you that's a confession that wasn't there when I made this decision to come here. That was there. You know, mm-hmm. I, I believed in the Lord and I had a fear of him. Myself was still overpowering, mm-hmm. you know, what, whatever, whatever I think the Lord is telling me to do there because as we journeyed, because our journey here, um, when yes. when we said our first yes, that's why that was the big yes, mm-hmm. and it had to be followed by small yeses. And everyone was an act of obedience. Yes, Amen. yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and and we realized that it was, and then um, we made that determination that there was no other option for us but obedience. That's None. correct. Mm-hmm. So what, whatever, whenever um, a decision has to be made, we go back. To the word of the Lord, mm-hmm. we go into prayer mm-hmm. to to make sure that this is what the Lord really wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And once that is determined, and then you know there there is no there is no two ways in it, non-negotiable. Yeah. yeah. So yes, yes, and we are it's always a yeah. yes. We we are ready, and we we will go anytime. Well, I have to tell you that. You both are an incredible blessing, and you have left a legacy worldwide. And 14 years later, I'm just as excited to be in a room hearing your testimonies as I was 14 years ago. (laughs) God has done special things with your life, and many of us are the benefit of your faithfulness. So thank thank you you for what you're doing, and thank you for being with us on the podcast today. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Sam. We're just glad to see you. Uh, (laughs) Even through Mass, this has been a blessing. (laughs) So thank you guys very much. Amen. And for those of you listening, thank you for being part of another On the Journey conversation. We'll see you next time.